Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. You guys are faithful listeners and the loyalty is appreciated. So we are advisors that uh, love what we do, uh, love who we do it for, uh, and basically is just unpacking what you're truly passionate about and trying to challenge you not to do that in retirement, but start thinking about how to do that sooner and get cash flow behind it. So thank you for tuning in today. It's a dual cast between Brian and myself, and we are talking all about passive income, the old <laughs> passive income. Loving it. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about it. A heart play or something. Why are we doing its own podcast on passive income, do you think, Brian? Uh, well, it's very synergistic with our message, the seven sources of residual income. And I personally hate the term passive income. I don't know how it got started. But it's probably something we should cover on the podcast is how it got started if we're going to talk about it. But um, I just can't stand the name passive income because it doesn't seem like it's passive. So that's what we wanted to get into today. Yeah. And to me, that's a really good point. Passive income, it's almost like this unicorn or Sasquatch in a way is yes. if you're going after passive income, it doesn't matter what it is about. Do you have passion in that or not? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. As long as it's coming in every month, it's amazing. And you don't have to do a lot for it. Brian and I would like to challenge your mindset. Um, and our opinion is that you should actually be very passionate about what you're working on to get this passive cash flow, or I'm sorry, to get more cash flow to your, I say, financial goals. And when you are passionate about it, it starts putting everything in place. Here's a value that I think Brian and I both have is that we are made to work. And mm -hmm. when you're working in your, like your passion and your uh, place of interest, it doesn't feel like work. And when you do that and you start getting paid for this, now that's passive income that I get excited about because it's not really passive. It is work that you don't feel like it's working. But for other people, they might think like, oh, there's no way I could do that. Well, for you, it's like, I do this every day. So for us, we should probably coin a different term of passive income, but passionate income maybe could be one. I'm just saying, I'm yes, not that guy. I'm I really not, like that. That was kind of off the cuff. It was. And I'm usually not off the cuff guy. I was going to throw it over to Brian, but uh Passionate income is so attractive because you start feeling like, okay, I can do this different. I can do that different. I can make this better. And that's what we want to empower all of our clients, all of our listeners to do is one, figure out what that is for you. And then two, how can you maximize it? So today we're talking about passive income and why it sucks at life. Kind of. Indeed. Indeed. Where are we going to start, Philip? No, go ahead. Keep going. I like it. Well, I think... We have some points written down, but I'm going to riff on this for a second. I think one of the best examples that I can think of in the marketplace right now for passive income or 
I like to call it active income because mm. it takes activity to have it come in. Uh, and you're lying to yourself if you think it's otherwise. And we'll get into that of why. But uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. I mean, started out, you know, I read his book, basically just a hardworking Texas dude, um, good with his hands, you know, starts in real estate. And now he and his wife have books, they have a hotel, they have paint, they have a magazine, they have all these different things, which some of those are, are now passive income for them. Like it's probably effortless for that, some of that money to come in because they have a team, they have a brand, but they've done the work and it's all on brand. And so the ability to add a new revenue stream or income stream or passive income stream for Chip and Joanna is so much different than like, you know, the average American trying to make an extra $500 a month on the side. Totally. And that came from hard work, discipline, like early mornings, long nights, and just staying in it and staying on brand. And so I think what a lot of people are looking for and all these side hustles and, you know, we look and read at different things on the internet too. And, um, kind of the like financially independent retired early community. Um, what everyone's looking for is time freedom or really control. Um, and we're talking about it in lots of different ways and using different terms to define it. But at the end of the day, you want financial freedom, time freedom to control your time. And I, I can't think of a better way to do that than to actually build a business that produces revenue in multiple ways. Or do something that you actually like to do. <laughs> right. Because it's going to be hard work. And I, I just want to, I think, point that out to like all these people out there is know that this is going to take hard work and determination uh, to really make this thing get off the ground. And it might come to a point, and I haven't read the book, so Brian can speak to this with Chip and Joanna Gaines, where it's like, this isn't happening. <laughs> But oh, now, yeah. because they kept focus and they actually loved what they did, it got them through that, I would say, challenge of, uh, we just got to quit. But right. if you don't have that, I'm telling you, it's going to go away quick. And if you're trying to figure out this silver bullet, it's a scary thought. Yeah. Well, and I think right now to kind of get into our first point is it does, it does require a growth mindset. It requires you to start and it requires you to start taking action. And we're, we're shooting this podcast in the midst of COVID-19, the coronavirus. Um, it's March of 2020. And even if like, I've been really gravitating kind of towards this fire, financially independent, retire early message. And a lot of, their, a lot of that content is focused on investing in the stock market because you're just going to get these unbelievable returns and building a balance in a brokerage account. You can take a 5% withdrawal and you can ride off into the sunset. Well, that just got kicked in its teeth right now in America. I mean, the stock market's down 35%. And a lot of people are wondering like, man, am I going to have a job at the end of this deal? Mm -hmm. And so that's really where even those types of mindset or those paths, there's friction, there's tension, there's hurdles, there's, mm -hmm. there's valleys, you know, no matter what you get into, whether it's Airbnb, real estate, running a business things are going to happen that are going to disrupt that path and they're going to make you question like, man, is this really what I should have been doing? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have something that you're, you're sound about and like what you're saying, Philip, is you're passionate about, you're going to question that reality and you're going to, you might, you might quit. And so it does take a strong mindset and a strong conviction of belief to keep going and keep persisting 
on this path of residual income or passive income. Totally. So I want to go to our second point and make it the first point. But where your money goes, so does your attention. Amen. So let's talk through that. And then let's be intentional or challenge you to be intentional about where your money is going in your attention. So uh, I think this is just a really good start point because many people just chase after rate of return. And if you ask Brian and I where our business or where our money is going, you'll find it's going to our business because we're passionate about it and we're excited about it and we market it and we, we reinvest and we hire staff and this, that, and the other. But that's where our attention is and should be. And it shouldn't be anywhere else. Now, if it is, it could take you away from what you're really excited about. And so let's just start there. Wherever your, time, your money goes, so does your attention. Talk about it. Yeah, I love this one. And you know, we're getting lots of calls right now from people like, is it time to double down on the stock market? This is mm. a great time to buy stocks. Um, all that different thing. And that's totally natural. And I'm not putting that down because, you know, there's great companies that are at a different valuation than they were a couple months ago because of all this, right? And and we all want to get out of this together. And we all want to be mindful of our reality and where we're going together. And I think this is going to help us reset as a, not only a country, but in a family and a state and a country and in a, in a, in a nation, but also globally of like, what are we doing and where are we going? Mm-hmm. But, so, and it's also a biblical principle. And totally. that's why we are called to tithe is that our first fruits go to God. Uh, it's because that's where our first intention should go to. It's our first, mm-hmm. first should go to, you know, higher power. If, if you believe in God, if not, but that's why there is so much truth to this point exactly. Your money, like your heart goes where your money is going. Yeah. Um, and, and your attention will go, even if it is a small portion, even totally. if it is $50, there's yeah, going to be just, more attention you follow on that. Yep. Just even if you had a savings account and you're trying to eke out 2% from one of these online banks, just setting that up, watching it, moving the money takes bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And the more complex things you get into and the side hustles that you're trying to do and the more uh, incongruent those are from what your gifting is or what you're passionate about, the more likely it is you are to quit, likely it is you're to lose money, uh, all those different things. And mm-hmm. so it's just any, anywhere you put your money, your heart and your mind will follow. It is just, it's a biblical principle, period. And I would love somebody that doesn't believe in God to challenge me on that because <laughs> it's just truth. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's that basic principle. And so for you to ask like Brian or I, where should I put my money right now? We have no idea who you are. We have no idea what your aspirations are, what your goals are. It's hard for us to even enter into, oh, buy the stock. Cause I guarantee you people are like, Hey, what stock should I be buying? And my first question is like, do you even know anything about stocks? Are you passionate about stocks? And if you're not, then do not eke out a rate of return because it is a losing battle every time. And if you are going to go after a rate of return, have rules set in order to do that. But then also that takes bandwidth and time. And hopefully at the end of it, you, you realize or you have realized that this is something I get excited about. Great. Then let's go to the market. <laughs> let's figure it out. But if you're yeah. asking me or Brian what stocks to buy, I'm going to challenge you and say, you're not passionate enough about it. <laughs> Yeah. And 
And I think too, we wrote an article on our website for this and I, I talk about it a lot and I think it's kind of fun to, to joke around with, but I think it's really serious at this time. I'm a huge fan of Floyd Money Mayweather as a mm. boxer, you know, undefeated boxer. If you, if you watch boxing, I don't know how you can't kind of get it, get into it. Um, the art of it and all of that. Um, but the guy went undefeated for his whole career and got close to getting beat a few times, but he, he eked it out. But he always shows, I mean, not, I don't like the extravagant side where he's showing all these pictures of him and all of his money and watches and cars and all that. I'm not saying that, but just him and his craft as a boxer, it's unbelievable. But he would, he would text out or tweet out pictures of his bank account because he would just say like, I'm just in cash. And he was focused on the next fight, winning the next fight, making that prize money and being the best fighter ever. And I think all too often we lose sight of being the best at what God made us to be. Mm. And I've been guilty of this in my life, you know, trying to invest in different ideas and all of that different stuff. And when you take that focus away from being the best, best boxer, I mean, he would have lost and he would have, he would have, could have gotten injured. He, he, you know, it was going to stunt his ability to earn more money. Um, but he just kept the main thing, the main thing. And I think right now, especially during COVID-19 and this, this ordeal is like, man, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing and keep that cash flow coming in and use this as a point of reflection of like, do I want things to be different in the future? Okay. Well then how can I strategically do that with a plan? You know, not just making decisions willy nilly because we're in a traumatic time. Perfect. So this next point, um, I think is really good to talk through. But why are you investing in what you're investing in? And it really dovetails very nice to what we were just talking about. And here's my story I love. So Brian is very good at crafting a story out of numbers. He can take your net worth, your balance sheet, and he can look through it. It doesn't matter what your net worth is. And he can craft a story. Why is that? Because there are stories that happen. There is a mindset that happens when you start investing in things. Love the story. So we were at, uh, we got in front of a very, very high net worth client. He gave us uh, his personal balance sheet. And at the end, Brian never talked to this individual. I was the only one at the meeting. And at the end, Brian crafted the story out of the numbers that he had. Never talked to the individual. I was the only one to talk to him. And at the end, he was exactly on point with what this guy was thinking because numbers tell a story. And you need to know why you're investing in what you're investing in. So, listeners, Look at each one of your accounts and what story is it crafting for you? And this is one of our favorite things to do is sit somebody down and see, you know, they have all this money in their 401k. Right now they have a little bit less in their 401k. I'd say a lot less in their 401k. And then they say, well, I want to retire when I'm 50. And we're like, but I don't understand because all your wealth is in a retirement account that you can't really access until you're 59 and a half. So is it true that you want to retire at 50? Maybe, maybe not. But what you're doing is not lining up with what you're invested in. So uh, understanding why you're investing in the accounts you're investing in is a huge, I'd say, data point and gut check for people and listeners out there right now. For sure. And I think that dovetails into our kind of this next point, just operating with the end in mind you know, and we meet a lot of people and they have all these different accounts because that's kind of like what society tells us we need to do. We got to have 529s for all of our kids. We got to have, you know, Roth for both of a husband and wife, 401k for husband and wife, you know, brokerage account, all this stuff. But like all of those accounts are invested in the exact same thing. 
And then when you get to times like this, well, that doesn't help you very much. Mm-hmm. And so it's really like, how do we organize assets that produce cash flow that we can use to then build other assets that produce cash flow that are synergistic with our passion, you know, mission and vision? And that's, I guess, what we're trying to get at is if you're going to invest in something, hopefully it's synergistic to where you want to be in the things that you're ultimately passionate about so that you learn and understand them. Because retirement is all about cash flow. That mm-hmm. is the key that I think I want you to start understanding um, is no matter what, no matter what age you are, isn't it just about cash flow? Well, retirement people will come in never having any kind of cash flow from their assets, only being able to work for their money. And now they're trying to figure out how they can make their money work for them and create cash flow. So Brian and I are imploring you to try to figure out the cash flow component earlier than retirement age, <laughs> because there is a huge chasm that retirees that have never had any, I'd say their money working for them for cash flow or only working for the cash flow to then go to the point where, okay, I was working. Now I'm not working at all. And now I'm hoping that I have enough money saved up to be able to handle my lifestyle. So when you start focusing on cash flow earlier than retiring, there's a lot of things that you can learn and understand and you can adapt quicker than if you're just now retired and realize like, wait, I'm actually spending nine grand a month to have the lifestyle I want. And I thought I was just spending seven grand. Um, So there's a lot of reasons why we just talk about cash flow. And the main reason is it helps you understand what retirees are so focused on earlier. You can tweak that process. Yeah. Along with that, I think the exit strategy of the accounts that you have is powerful. Because at the end of the day, we want to be more cash rich or cash flow rich than uh, we were in the past. And and keeping the end in mind of accounts, why you've opened it up, also dovetails very nice of why are you investing and what you're investing in. Um, and then having probably multiple exit strategies is smart, whether it's mm-hmm. just a 401k account or a rental property. It's always nice to have options. And if there's an investment account that only gives you one exit strategy and something happens catastrophic, now you're in a world of hurt. Um, so trying to work through that in your head of what exit strategies are, because at the end of the day, you need liquidity and you need to control. And when you don't have those, uh, things go south pretty quick and you just don't feel like you have fingers on the triggers of your own money. So, okay. Anything that you want to talk about that? Any more of that? No, I think that's good. Okay. So the next point I think is interesting and one that I'm super passionate about, and I'm very grateful that we get the opportunity to start something from the ground up. And there's times where I don't feel like that. So uh, I'm kind of preaching to myself here, but there is some value that you get from starting something from scratch and going through the ebbs and flows of the business uh, cycle and getting it to where uh, it's, it's successful. And there's just wisdom in that that you gain that you wouldn't if you get something handed to you or you buy into a practice that's fully successful and running well. Um, there's obviously advantages to doing that too. But there is something that is shaping and refining in this growing a business that you can't discount, I think. Uh, and it's valuable. So I don't really know how that handles with the whole passive income or maybe it's, it's really speaking well to that. 
but I value a lot of the knowledge and the wisdom that I'm gaining from figuring out what's working and what's not working. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that's ultimately, we're all trying to achieve mastery in what we're gifted in and what excites us and what we're passionate about. And that's where you get the most, I'm trying to think of the word, you know, the most uh, intrinsic kind of uh, motivation or benefit uh, where you feel most aligned, used, powerful, um, you know, because you're doing what you were made to do. And like, you know, we said, we believe in God, we believe God made each of us uniquely. And to step into that gifting and that vocation is really, uh, you know, being ordained by God to do what he put us here for. I mean, that's ultimately the goal. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to do with how much money you make or how much is in your bank account. It, it matters with what you're pursuing life with and that passion and alignment. And so um, building something from scratch is just so neat, you know, and we've been, my, my kids and I've been kind of looking at Da Vinci just cause um, I, I saw this thing, like he makes a bridge with no bolts, no anything, no glue. And it just, the physics of it, the bridge stands. And so we made it out of popsicle sticks, you know? And then it was like, oh, well, who's this Da Vinci guy? Like he's in the 17, 1800s. No, he's in the 1400s. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he, he invented so many different things. I mean, so almost ahead of his time. And it's just like, he was doing what he was gifted in. It wasn't so much about the money or anything like that. He was just exercising his gifting and started from scratch and just kept going. And I look at like Warren Buffett, you know, who's I think almost 90 years old and he's sitting on $120 billion of cash and they're talking about all the different companies he's going to be able to buy in this downturn. And it's like, it's not about the money. It's about building something that is yours and that you're proud of. Um, and I don't know, we'd go on forever about that, but yeah, it's incredible. It is incredible. There's just wisdom there. And so, uh, that you can't replicate. So here's another thing too. So if you're listening and you're realizing you're, there's a couple gut checks in here in this podcast and you're realizing like my accounts aren't anywhere where my passion is. Um, the first thing is what is your passion? So if money were no object, what would you invest in? What would you want to put your time and resource and effort into? Um, and chances are that's, it's probably work to somebody, whatever that is. Okay. Two, I think the value ladder is always a good place to start. Uh, and speaking from experience, and this is part of the last point of uh, building something from the ground up, we have built this, uh, I would say, practice, this business uh, different than we would now. Let's just say that. And one thing that we would do different is the value ladder. What is the value ladder? Um, Brian, you do a great job explaining it, so I'll let you run with that. Well, we were introduced to the value ladder um, way after we got started a business. And it's obviously, you know, there's so many things in life where you're like, man, if I would have known that then. Um, yeah. But the value ladder is really just how you package your products. And for Philip and I, you know, being in the financial planning business, it's kind of our advice and our expertise, you know, we can print off a nice little report and put it in front of you. Um, and, but it's like, how can you package your education or your information or your widget in a different way so that the end, you know, user customer, um, can step into your knowledge and understanding and your expertise. And so for Philip and I, you know, for people to spend a couple thousand dollars to do a financial plan or to move their assets over to us, it's, you know, it's a big decision. 
And so that's kind of been one of the ways, you know, the podcast has been helpful because it's free content. You get to know us, you get to hear us over a long period of time. You get to hear I hear our ideas and you see it like, oh, okay, these guys are very consistent. Um, they've been saying the same thing for multiple years. But even to go from free to like, I'm all in is a big chasm there. And so it's trying to lay out different steps, if you will, for the person to take uh, to get to be a customer or to purchase from you or, you know, buy something from you and um, ease that transition from free to like several thousand dollars. So for us, you know, we're, we're rolling out with a book here soon. You know, let's just say it's $10. Uh, well, now people that are watching, listening say, I don't really want to, you know, give these guys a couple thousand dollars to do a plan, but I'll buy their book. And in reading the book, it further than illustrates where our mindset is, what our beliefs are, how we implement different things for our clients. And it gives them a different um, viewpoint into what it would be like to be in a you know professional relationship with us. So it's helping people map out that value ladder for them and their idea and what they're passionate about, as opposed to going to the top of the ladder, you know, your most expensive offering, which takes the most amount of time. It's how could you give away something for free or how could you package something that's 10 or $15 that would be of value and seeing people that we're working with do that and start at the bottom end of the value ladder and working their way up. It's just like night and day, how much faster they're going and how much more confidence they have and um, just that quickness to cash flow, but also protecting their time. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that a lot of business owners think about that or entrepreneurs think about that. And so the value ladder for Philip and I has been very crystallizing in the sense of like, how do we leverage the seven sources of residual income? How do we leverage these different mediums of technology, social media, all of that? And how do we create a pathway for people to come with us? Because this isn't about what Philip and I are doing. This is about what we want to help other people do mm-hmm. in the businesses they're launching and and the people they're employing and all these different neat and creative things they're doing. I mean, that's, that's the end goal for us is creating a community of people doing that. Uh, and then a pathway for them to go faster, you know, further, stronger, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you're sitting there, I would say, start figuring out what you're passionate about too, is then start thinking about things that you can work on, whether it's blog posts, this, that, the other, or even a product that people can buy and don't go to the straight to the top of like, but then I'll do it for you. Like work on that middle part to lower part of the value ladder. And once you do that and you start seeing traction there, chances are that lower thing is something that you don't put a lot of time and effort in, but it, it'll validate how valuable you are in the top end of the ladder. So that's something I think you can start with just right out of the gate. Um, again, passive income isn't truly passive if you do it right. And the best part about it is if you do it, what we're talking about is passionate income is you kind of like what you're doing <laughs> and you get to refine that every day. And that's what Brian and I have created. Yeah. We've helped that with many clients um, and, and we're wanting that for you. So totally. um, it's interesting. A few shameless plugs. Um, well, and one story, well, I started following, you know, you search passive income. There's a guy, his name, I think his name's Pat Flynn. I'm kind of doing this off the cuff. So uh, his his website is like the Passive Income Blog. And he was basically like, a, I think, an IT programmer and got laid off in 08, 09 in the tech wreck or, you know, financial disaster or whatever we're calling that one. 
And he's like, I want to start this blog of and showing people how to build residual income. And he tracked like his monthly income every month. He's, this is what I made. This is how I made it. Open book. Guy's phenomenal. His website is incredible, but the, <laughs> it's not passive. It's like, this is your full-time job. You know, like this is, you're all in here. This is a lifestyle. This is a movement. This isn't, this isn't like a toe in the water on the beach and you're making a hundred grand a year. This is everything you've got. And that's why I keep coming back to the fact that like, it's not passive income. I love what you called it. It's passionate income. Like he's so passionate. It should be the passionate income blog, you know? Yeah. So, and I think too, if you want more information from us on the value ladder, if you go to uncommonwealth.com backslash gifts, uh, we have a a free ebook uh, PDF, uh, seven steps to launch. And we go way into way more detail about what it takes to launch something and the value ladder is a big part of that. So if you want more, dig in there. Totally. So thanks for listening. We try to keep these uh, fairly short, uh, but we do want to give these packed with value and knowledge for you. And so we hope this is helpful for you. Um, We would love to hear from you. Uh, You can reach out to us and do a 15-minute free consultation to see if something that we do uh, could be of value to you in a different way. Uh, But again, thanks for listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thank you, everybody. Continue to be uncommon. Goodbye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.